0: time Grammy winner Alan Broadbent left his native New Zealand at the age of 19 to study at the Berklee College of Music in Boston after receiving a scholarship from Downbeat magazine. Alan went on to work as pianist and arranger for Woody Herman's band, Nelson Riddle, and Natalie Cole, and did studio work with Johnny Mandel and David Rose... And for many years now, he's conducted and arranged for Diana Krall and Kristen Chenoweth. Today is part of our 20th anniversary celebration. We're revisiting my 2017 conversation with Alan Broadbent, where we discuss his early inspirations and his CD, Developing Story, which is the culmination of a musical idea Alan had years ago for an orchestral jazz composition. I'm Judy Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. I started our conversation by reading to Alan something he wrote on his website. Alan writes, It has been a lifelong goal through my orchestral arrangements and jazz improvisations to discover, in popular music and standard songs, deeper feelings of communication and love. I commented that that sentiment seems especially important today when so many seem unable to communicate well or spread love.
1: Yeah, I kind of knew at a very early age um, how beautiful these tunes were. Uh, My dad had a collection of songs, sheet music, American songs. Um, I was born in New Zealand, but uh, so, growing up in the late fifties i I discovered all you know the all the standards that I liked most i would I would separate and put them on the piano and run through them and and I never quite i would play the sheet music arrangement you know boom chick boom chick, and whatever it was <laughs> so I was a good sight reader and um uh, there was a certain beauty in the way that they were formed. I also listened to classical music and, and played Chopin uh, when I was a boy. But these songs, as I was becoming more interested in composing in that style that was already 30 years old, um, they did something to me when, when Jimmy Van Heusen uh, wrote a phrase or you know, connected to the chords that were on the sheet music. I would put it aside and say, yeah, for some reason that gets to me. And then, uh, um, for me, a revelation about these songs was uh, Dave Brubeck came to New Zealand mm. in the early 60s on his world tour. And they came out on stage at the town hall. I had really good seats with a friend who, whose brother was in the symphony. so I'd really never heard jazz. And uh, Paul Desmond came out and leaned in the bell of the piano, and uh, they started playing. Da 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 da. Forgive my singing. <laughs> tangerine, and I knew Tangerine from my dad's. It was one of the ones I liked because it had those intervals. Yeah. Da 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 da. Whatever. But I only played it. Boom chick, boom chick, boom chick. And they, Dave was playing these chords I'd never heard before, and Paul was just singing, and I got it right away, I got it. I knew the form, but I had no idea that this depth of feeling that was affecting me mm. could be uh, expressed in, in a simple standard song. So that's how all that began, and mm. my, my adventure into finding out how to play jazz mm-hmm. and how to write songs.
0: You mentioned Mahler, and Uh-oh. I love... That well, you brought me some more, so I can play that, which I love. Talk about this track you brought me, then I'll pursue the idea that how that inspired you for your new CD. So, talk about that. Do you remember the track you brought me?
1: Oh, I do, but uh, I think of my experience with the man, so that's a rather involved. We can
0: be involved. (laughs) Wait, I shouldn't say that.
1: (laughs) There's a lot of stuff that comes before that, you see. Well,
0: we don't have to go chronologically. You can tell me.
1: Well, you know, I was on Woody's band for three years after Berkeley School, College, and um, I was very young. And unfortunately, the road kind of, well, I guess it's a little bit of confession here, but I discovered that I had a terrible disease. Yeah, it's, you know, with alcohol and everything. So, uh, after ten years of that horrific experience, Mm. ten years in L.A., trying to survive, um, when I sobered up, I was going to a gig at Universal Studios with Nelson Riddle. And I was early, and I heard on the radio this symphony. Now, I had been listening to classical music since I was a boy. Bartok, um, Stravinsky, Ravel, especially Debussy, I knew everything and I had the scores to everything. And I just thought it was all beautiful and special and it, it, uh, in a way, comforted me. But as I was sobering up, I heard this music and it was like music that I had wanted to write all my life. So I was early in the lot of Universal there, and I listened and listened, and it turned out to be Mahler's first symphony, and there he was, I understood everything again, just like Tangerine, I just understood everything, and um, he was speaking to me across time, across a hundred years, less, and um, so... It arrived just at an auspicious time in my life where I needed that that person to pull me through. Uh, that's when I went and collected his scores and began from the first symphony. Each movement, studied them, tried to figure out how he did this, the overwhelming beauty of the counterpoint, the orchestration, the orchestration of this was the first time in all the orchestra music I knew, the first time that when an instrument or instruments were playing. They were speaking. They weren't creating an effect. They were speaking. And I had to know how to do that. certain symphonies that were just too well at the time Germanic or Teutonic for me because I just didn't understand but then I found certain uh, certain movements of certain symphonies that um, I mean would just devastate me you know I went through the whole thing as some fellow musicians can tell you about with Mahler and um This particular movement is the uh, andante moderato of the Sixth Symphony. The Sixth Symphony alone, very easy kind of to understand, the first movement, where it's a paean to his wife Alma. And when you follow it, like he sets it up, all the counterpoint at the end is like I don't know, watching fireworks over the Hudson here. Um, it's, it's so unbelievably joyful, um, especially when you know it and know all those, those little motifs that he's built up so that at the end you get it. Well, further down the road is the third movement, or sometimes now they play it as a second movement, which I disagree.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and you heard it here. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, i been meaning to tell... No, it uh, doesn't matter. <laughs> Claudio Bado isn't with us anymore, so I can't. Uh, but the Andante moderato, um, uh, I can hardly listen to it anymore, um... Because I know it so well and what it means to me. What Mahler went through, you don't have to. Because he lifts that thing off your back.
2: Mm. You
1: know, just like Bird does or mm-hmm. Louis Armstrong. Mm-hmm. They take whatever your, your woes are, whatever mm-hmm. whatever is hurting you. They, they go through it with you and they bring you to the other side mm. so that's the greatness for me of, of Mahler and um, you know there are a few composers that uh, do that to me there are moments in Debussy that do it to me uh, a few moments in Bartok but nothing like nothing is personal
0: Gustav Mahler's Symphony No. 6 on Dante Moderato, a continuing source of inspiration for my guest, composer-conductor Alan Broadbent. I'm Judy Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. I'm Judy Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. Our show is made possible in part with generous support from Steinway & Sons. Additional support is provided by Jazz Times Magazine, providing entertaining and provocative coverage of the jazz scene since 1970. On the web at jazztimes.com. For a schedule of upcoming programs, visit our website at jazzinspired.com. You can listen to Jazz Inspired on all the usual podcast platforms and email us at info at jazzinspired.com or visit us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Stride Queen. My guest is pianist, composer, conductor, arranger, Alan Broadbent. Here is Alan on the Tad Dameron composition, If You Could See Me Now. From Alan's new CD, Developing Story, Alan is on piano with the London Metropolitan Orchestra. Alan Broadbent's new CD, Developing Story, grew out of an idea he had in the late 1970s.
1: In my own humble way, um, when music comes to me, it, it comes unforced, and, and it's an idea. And uh, it wasn't as if I was trying to copy Mahler or anything, it's just I responded to the music with this thing so it was a little I don't know eight bar ditty or something so I kept working on it a little bit you know adding some counterpoint a little bit here a little bit there but I had no idea what to do with it I was still trying to figure out how an orchestra worked mm. you know I, some people have a, a they understand right away how to do it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know the music of the young John Williams, movies that he did before Star Wars Mm -hmm. and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Also, the arrangements he did of My Fair Lady for for, uh, Shelley Mann and Irene Kra, Phenomenal. And he was only like 19 or something. Just virtuoso orchestral music. But I was still stuck with the piano, you know. I was... And Mahler was that key to 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 breaking away from the piano. I'd open up a page of Mahler. I'd open up a page of Ravel, and oh, so beautiful, you know, the sunrise, all that. But Mahler said, no, 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 no. Here, you do that, and you do that, and you combine that, and you get this. You know, you do that over, here. and it was like I could see the science mm, behind the mm-hmm. creativity. So it was just a matter of trying to figure out how to apply it to what I did, and um, I wrote an orchestra piece for a wonderful guy, Jack Elliott, in L.A., who had um, an orchestra he was trying to get together with with you know young composers and stuff. And I tried my hand, and it was a terrible failure. It was just oh, it was you know one of those I wanted to just sink in the chair and. <laughs> Crawl away. We've all been there. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> but I didn't. Uh, I, I didn't drown myself. It, it was.
0: You came back for more. <laughs> Good man. Thank you.
1: <laughs> well, luckily I was sober at the time, and it didn't drive me back to. My it didn't, didn't drive you to drink. <laughs> Good. And I, uh. I hung in there and just um, did what I did. And getting away from it all, I. Um, I joined Natalie Cole's uh, unforgettable orchestra on tour in Europe and everywhere. I was on the record on a couple of tracks, um, and there I had access to all of Johnny Mandel's scores um, and Marty Page. They they were in the in the little bins in the backstage there, and I would just spend time, my time on the bus or whatever, just studying. Oh, that's finally, fantastic. Yeah, finally figuring out how to apply what I knew about the orchestra to popular, standard songs. And there it was, you know, in Johnny Mandel, you do that with the strings and you get this, oh, yeah, right. And it was Natalie that gave me my first uh, shot at it. Uh, beautiful song uh, that Billy Hart, I used to sing, Crazy He Calls Me. Mm. She was sort of... Thrown out, throwing out some tunes to a couple of the guys in the orchestra. And, and I sort of raised my hand on Natalie. Me, and she loved it. And from there I began my first orchestral things. Now already I was in my 40s. You know? So um, I was still trying to hone the craft. And uh, I would always go back to what became Developing Story and just see if, well, maybe I could do this or that. And I knew then that there is no way that an orchestra is going to swing. You can't get 80, 60 to 80 people to feel the pulse of
0: jazz. It's hard to find a small group that all feels it the same way. <laughs> Tell no, me. don't you think? I mean, me. we, we talk about that a lot on this show because I love to hear other musicians describe it, But but it is... That's the thing it's how we feel time I mean yes. I've played with great musicians that we yeah. just don't feel the time the same way
1: yeah, and we love to listen you. to each other mm-hmm.
0: but we never lock in yeah so we're just not right together and That's so right. so an orchestra forget it
1: <laughs> no although they have their own pulse you know with a great conductor they can do it you know but but it doesn't have well what My teacher, I was already playing when I began studying with him, and I already kind of knew how to do it, but Lenny Tristano, uh, Lenny, it's what he called this pulse that of Bud Powell and Louis Armstrong. He called it a life force. That feeling that um, on YouTube, if you watched Louis Armstrong do uh, Dinah from 1933, uh, he's probably had three joints already and whatever he's wonderful to watch but his band is like chunking along tunk 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 it's almost like he's in a well i don't know a boxing ring and he's just testing out the um the perimeter you know the the the, the bars whatever they call that and he's bouncing against them and he's throwing himself back into the middle of the ring. And he goes and he bounces on this one. And he throws him back. You can feel that in his time. Where that rhythm section that's going chung chung He's leaning on it. And then he's going forward. What he takes away, he gives back. And it's this constant feeling of the quarter note. His quarter note with their quarter notes. And uh, that was revolutionary. And not too many people understand. They go with the gravel voice and imitate that. But, but they don't but know what was really they, special. Yeah, that's and the same with Billie Holiday. She says, take away my voice, and you'll hear Louis Armstrong. Mm.
3: It's very clear our love is here to stay. Not for a year, but ever and a day The radio and the telephone and the movies that we know May just be passing fancies, and in time may go But oh my dear, our love is here to stay Together we are
2: going
3: a long, long way. In time the Rockies make crumble, Gibraltar may tumble, they're only made of clay. But our love is here to stay.
1: The one cat. The taught us piano players beyond being a piano player
2: mm.
1: how to do that and to voice to to use your voice singing on a piano was bud bud through maybe Nat Cole
2: mm-hmm.
1: Nat Cole who was a natural singer and when he went to play he would usually create a singing style but it was bud that taught us beeboppers. That way of bending the time, you know, of of being flexible with it, um, not pushing it over that way too much, otherwise you sink the boat. And so much of it now is just guys all doing their thing. But but um, yeah, that's it's that like I say that 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 flexibility that it has that is joyful, mm. even in its saddest. Hearts. It is still a joyful force, and this is where ballads. You can do that with a ballad in jazz, you know, and uh, a ballad that just sort of lays there and is pretty. Well, I can do that too, and it's fine. But the minute I start to play like with with some uh, connection and engagement mm. to the time, to the players, mm-hmm. if they're willing, you know. It takes it to another level, and it really does. And I can sense it in an audience. I can feel it coming back to me.
0: Oh, they know. Uh, yeah, they yeah. know for sure. Yeah,
1: it separates it from everything else, every other kind of music. You know, it's the art of rhythm, is mm. what it is. Mm-hmm.
0: Powell, a favorite of my guest, Alan Broadbent. I'm Judy Carmichael, and this is jazz-inspired. You say, even with a sad ballad, there's a joyfulness to it. Yeah. It's like you can look back and forward, those moments in our life that I think are really special, when you're quiet, usually by yourself, mm-hmm. and you can look back and forward and know why you're there. Hopefully people have these moments and be happy and think, yes, my decision's brought me to this point. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And that is happy and sad. It's Mm -hmm. melancholy and it's all those things, I think. And the great music that really moves me and I think that you're talking about gets to the audience has that same element.
1: Yeah, but it's also a very vulnerable place, Mm. you know? It's very vulnerable, very and a exposed. lot of yeah, a lot of people don't like it. Mm-hmm. They don't like that they're also being exposed to
0: it. Well, because uh, it know, opens up their emotions. If yes, they, if they really yeah, yeah, if the music yeah. really touches them, mm-hmm. and if it's really deep, maybe they didn't want to go to that place, is what right. you're saying, and you bring them there anyway.
1: Well, yeah, I've been fortunate to get some wonderful reviews about developing story, but there are a few people that write about it, that is, it's quite obvious to me, they do not understand. They don't understand this other quality of music, be it classical, whatever, jazz. They want to be, they want to impose their own feelings on top of it, you know. Oh, that's interesting. So it
0: it was probably too much for them, emotionally.
1: Well, you know... uh, if you read some of those the reviews of Mahler's symphonies in his time, mm. they're just it's dreadful.
2: It's just mm. dreadful.
1: What Mahler called those critics our superiors. So. <laughs> 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 so now I think of those people as my well, but, superiors. These
0: are the things that bring <laughs> us back. I. Uh,
1: you have a wonderful laugh. By no, the way. thank you. <laughs> so musical.
0: <laughs> thank you. But it's interesting what you're saying about critics and that maybe they don't want to hear something like that either. I never thought about it just that way.
1: Well, I hope that they do. A lot of them have, so I'm very fortunate for that. Well, it's wonderful. But that's great,
0: people. Go get it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's why I wanted to explain. Yeah. uh, I hope not too pedantically, but here's for those of you that do not know how to follow. a movement of a particular symphony, here's how I spell it out for you. Mm -hmm. So that if you take this little idea that I gave you, Mm -hmm. that's taken me 25, 30 years to work out, if you take that little bit, it becomes this little bit. Mm -hmm. And that little bit over there becomes a big bit at the end, you see? Mm -hmm. It might have different harmonies. So, you know, I hope it doesn't sound condescending to a lot of people. No, I
0: loved it because it was short Mm. and uh, illustrative of the journey you're about to take with this music. And it yeah. made me listen to it better, and I'm a musician. Yeah, uh, I think it's great. I wish more people did that, and I think it's great. I appreciate it. I've seen orchestra concerts where people do that and yes. say, you know, this is when when the horses are doing the charge, <laughs> you know, yeah. when the strings do this or something. And it gives people something to latch onto.
1: Yeah, and you, you have to consider that the the music that is played every day, the, what a uh, wit called the, the military-industrial entertainment complex. <laughs> Isn't that great? <laughs> Thank you it, for that. <laughs> yeah, that's they're being sold up the river, you know, by by these people who consider themselves artists. Mm. When it's completely empty, it's empty, and if they weren't selling. Well, nobody does anymore, but if they weren't selling a million downloads a day, they would be worthless. You know, right. they they Right. They would feel like they they weren't a success. Right. But it's that old thing, you know, the success comes inwardly.
2: hmm mm-hmm. And
1: um, and that's what I've been trying to do all these years. And I'm finally beginning to see the light. Um, you know. And it's, that's what I meant. It's been my lifelong goal because I I spent a... Well, aside from my personal troubles, um, I spent a long time hearing what I wanted to be in my head and not being it. Mm. And, you know, so I, I took everything very deeply, you know, when somebody, I don't know, would be less than complimentary or something. I couldn't say to the person, "Yes, but you wait, <laughs> wait, wait, twenty years."
0: Listen, <laughs> I feel that way myself. Oh, I guess I'll feel I'm still, that still way. hanging by a thread, yeah, and, exactly, you know, hoping someone understands. Yeah, yeah. But that's what. But that's what this is. I mean, we're all looking for a connection, and I think that that I don't know when I hear you say that you went through that with your drinking and how obviously sad that was and well was that, it
1: it was you know a problem for me it was sad for a lot of other people well it, around me
0: I know and and any of us <laughs> yeah. I've experienced that my father was an alcoholic and yeah. I, so I grew up with it he was an alcoholic oh. my entire life oh. and then died when I was 30 oh. so that is a I understand the mm. effect I've never personally had that issue mm. but The love of my life, my father did, and I think that that many of our listeners have experienced that same thing, but the difference is the people who, who are able to confront that, as you did, obviously, and go beyond it. And you've wow. gone to the depths and they say you've walked in the valley of darkness and come back. <laughs> well, most people yeah. don't have the ego strength to go down there, you know, so they're always like taking little little ah. shallow dives as I look at it, as opposed to the people who take the deep dive
2: yeah.
0: and, and really look at a lot of tough truths well, and then yeah. resurface with something else. I mean, that's, that's what you hope you're able to do
1: yeah well, the one thing I had was was my love of music
2: mm-hmm mm mm-hmm.
1: and I saw myself destroying that mm-hmm. It was going down the tubes fast, you know I managed to fake it you know I spent uh, the last ten years of nelson riddle's life. I was his pianist mm. um, and uh, but nelson Nelson was a tolerant and Uh, loyal man and he liked he liked guys that could read and swing because part of the the joy for Nelson was after he died this was way after Sinatra and just before Linda Ronstadt during that period I did everything with him his his um his television shows my first experiences in Hollywood, that trip uh, to Universal, that I heard Mahler. <clears throat> but after after the the session, Nelson would come out, and the rhythm section would stay. Me and uh, Alan Stoller, a wonderful drummer, a couple other guys, um, and he would bring us a couple of tunes that he had written, and. The joy for him was just sitting there by the piano. Let's try this one. Okay, we'd try it. No, no, I don't like that one. Let's try this one. And finally, we'd get a take that he loved, and we'd be swinging away. The purpose being was um, in the 70s. uh, There might be a scene in the show where the guy's driving down Malibu somewhere. And he reaches over and he turns the radio on and there's a little combo playing. (laughs) And that was us, you know, so. (laughs) so, And that was a joy for us. And to have Nelson sitting beside me. Mm. And now, you know, on YouTube and everything, had I known then, I knew uh, the wee small hours and those things, but my God, what a great, great musician. But there he was just sitting beside me.
4: In the wee small hours of the morning While the whole wide world is fast asleep You lie awake and think about the girl And never ever think of cow she When your lonely Heart has learned Its lesson You'd be hers If only She would call In the wee Small hours. That's the time you miss her most Oh Cool.
0: Frank Sinatra with Nelson Riddle's arrangement of In the Wee Small Hours. Today was the first half of my conversation with Alan Broadbent. Please join me next week for the second half when Alan and I discuss his CD, Developing Story. I'm Judy Carmichael, the host and producer of Jazz Inspired. My production engineer is Curtis Heidolf. You can download podcasts of Jazz Inspired from all the usual podcast platforms or listen at jazzinspired.com. Our opening music was airmail special and the midbreak music is a smooth one from my CD, High on Fats and Other Stuff. The closing music is Old Fashioned Love from my CD Trio. I'm on piano with my Cashman sax and Chris Flory on guitar. For a schedule of upcoming programs, to sign up for our email newsletter, or to find out how you can personally support Jazz Inspired, visit our website at jazzinspired.com. You can email us at info at jazzinspired.com or visit us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Judy Carmichael's Jazz Inspired is made possible with generous support from our listeners and from Steinway and Sons. For more information, visit jazzinspired.com and judycarmichael.com.